Dragon the Peg is recorded in Treaty 1 territory, the traditional territory of the Anishinaabeg, Cree, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and on the homeland of the Métis Nation. Welcome to Drag in the Peg, a podcast series exploring the lives and careers of drag performers living in Winnipeg, Canada. My name is Graham Hooson, and I'll be your host. If you're a longtime listener and have been tuning in since episode zero, do you remember me talking about the first drag queens I'd ever seen? I was probably in high school, and this dynamic duo made me equal parts curious, confused, and a little upset. I was struggling with my own identity, and the two guests of today's episode blurred the lines of male and female, emphasized in a way only drag can. As the years passed and I grew to understand drag more, I learned how influential this couple is in our city's queer scene. They are beacons of acceptance, found every year at Pride and many other public events, sharing their neon and glitter-soaked campy style of drag with the masses. When I began this project, I knew I had to meet them and hear their story. Today, I'm so proud to share it with you. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Victoria Secrete and Gloria Booths. I'm Victoria Secrete. I'm born and raised in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and I started doing our bearded drag at the age of 43. <laughs> Hello, my name is Gloria Booth. I'm from Red Lake, Ontario. It's a small mining in Lumbertown. I've been doing a little bit way back then, mostly just at Halloween and that. But since I moved to Winnipeg, then I started doing a little bit more through work, and then it just went on from there. So I have a confession to make. (gasps) I am probably the most excited to talk to both of you (laughs) out of all the girls I've spoken to. And that's saying something, because I've been pretty excited. Yeah, you two were the first drag queens that I ever saw. Oh, cool. I think I was probably 14 or 15 at Pride. Mm Mm-hmm. And I remember you were wearing, I think it was green and pink Ursula-inspired costumes, mayhaps? We did an octopus yeah. outfit in 2013. Yeah, that would probably be it then. Okay. So I don't know how old I was, but that was the first time I think that I ever saw a drag queen. And I was so confused. By <laughs> because I was like, I, th- I thought I knew what drag queens were, but they have beards. This is so mysterious. I know. We have beards and we keep all our body hair and we don't tuck. Our two rules are no shaving, no tucking. Wow. So how did you come up with that rule? Why those it, two it just works for us. <laughs> we want to be comfortable. Our feet may kill us, but the rest of us is fine. Oh, oh yes. I've gone in the Toronto Pride Parade, and for the first time, I wore heels that I hadn't broken in, oh, and God. I bled. I blistered and bled, but it was all worth it, because we ended up in all the newspapers. <laughs> yeah. When I was looking you guys up, I saw a lot of like news coverage from Toronto oh, yeah. Pride. Yeah. I'm a self-professed media whore. <laughs> I just tag along. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is called Picky and Glory. Let's not ever forget Glory. (laughs) So do you two go to Toronto Pride every year? We did their Toronto Pride in the parade for 10 years. years, But we also went to Toronto Pride before that and just watched it. And we've 
I don't think we've been back since we stopped. I think once since we stopped walking in it, yeah, we went back for it. But then we decided to try Vancouver Pride and Montreal Pride. Yeah, we wanted to try something different, and that's why we did stop walking in the parade, because uh, we wanted to try and see other cities, other prides. So what's kind of the difference that you've noticed between like Winnipeg Pride and other prides in Canada? Well, <laughs> we haven't really walked in since a lot of the uh, controversies have started. Mm-hmm. We haven't been walking in the parades since all that started. So it used to be lots of fun. Mm-hmm. I'm I sure it's still lots it of fun. I mean, give it credit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we do uh, a lot of the small community prides mm-hmm. in Manitoba or a little bit in Ontario. And uh, we don't feel the need to be totally dressed or decked out well we can dress down a little bit it's just supporting the smaller prides that we really like to do my my hometown even actually had their second pride this past summer so we went up for the first pride and then again this past summer and it's always a hoot everybody's so friendly in that it's just a good time. It's nothing big like the cities. Mm-hmm. No, no, but it was very intimate. It was very friendly, uh, very inviting. Uh, I was really surprised of the, the positive feedback that the whole town really shared. It was really, really heartwarming. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Have you two been going to Pride since before you started doing drag? We did. Yeah. Like I said, we did Toronto Pride for, oh, what? I think it was eight years before we actually walked in it. Mm-hmm. And we would go every year. We wouldn't dress up or anything or do anything ridiculous. We just wanted to um, have a good time and watch the parade. And it was lots of fun. Uh, we also went to Winnipeg Pride many times just to cheer people on. And now we get to cheer them on again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you've noticed that Pride's become more political over the past few years? I think so. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pride has always been political. Let's not forget that. <laughs> That's just like an important distinction for me to make because I've I've only been going to Pride for for probably okay. like five or six years. Yeah. So I was never around for when, when I guess Pride wasn't political. It was getting a little complacent, like it was just becoming a big party, whereas it started out of being a political thing, a statement. Speaking of um, statements, <laughs> your drag is is really different than anything else, certainly in the city. It's very like campy and it's yes. bearded. Was that a conscious choice when you set out to do drag? It was. Yes. Yeah. We strictly said we weren't shaving and we decided glitter would be the best thing instead of like dyeing it or something we would glitter it whatever color our wigs were Mm -hmm. that's what we went with it was also born out of um uh, some of the other drag queens at the time were taking drag far too seriously (laughs) like um they would put on a, a wig heels and a dress and then they would put on the airs and the attitude. And it's like, oh, honey. <laughs> I know that can be part of a, a persona, mm-hmm. but when it's really too serious. So we came along and said, look, here's a really fun side of drag. So you're kind of taking the piss out of the... A little bit. <laughs> well, there are different forms of drag. Oh, yeah. And we welcome all of it. And uh, ours is just... A little bit different. The bearded drag is not new, though. 
not by any means. I mean, there's the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence uh, from San Francisco. They've been doing bearded drag for over 35 years. And they have chapters now that are international around the globe. So bearded drag's been around a long time. It's just that Winnipeg seems to be a little slow in picking that up. <laughs> um, a lot of other cities, there's many, many bearded drag, and they are fierce and fabulous. I mean, I, I bow down to them. They are so creative, and they're so wonderful. I almost feel like uh, a plain Jane next to them. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so when you started doing drag, did you find that a local or a lot of the local queens were more accepting and welcoming to you, or did you find that they were more exclusionary? Um, I found that they would say hi, but they would never carry on a conversation. They'd always run over. They were very into their own groups, their own little friends. And both Picky and I, we've always been on the outskirts mm-hmm. of the it group. It seemed like so that. There's a few that I've known for like 25 30 years that will talk to us a little bit more but otherwise there there seemed to be a little tension with our drag so i mean it was just a matter of getting used to it and i didn't care at the time it's like you know what i like what i'm doing and i'm gonna keep doing it do you think that they just didn't understand what you were going for or no i mean i think it's a a sort of preference too i mean you either love us or you hate us (laughs) i mean come on but you gotta smile when you see us yeah (laughs) that that's one of our main goals is to to make people smile make people laugh Mm -hmm. i mean we're kind of like the clowns of drag i mean look at us we're ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) and you two are partners correct Okay, I'm going to no, clear this up. We can... <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, people think that we are partners. Uh-huh. We're definitely partners in crime, but <laughs> we started off as partners, and now we are not. Oh, okay. But we, we still own a house together. We live together. Uh, we do almost everything together. I guess we're kind of like an old married couple. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. And that's about it. Gotcha. <laughs> the only reason why I brought that up was because I thought I saw from like a a news article in 2007 that said that. And I was like, oh, mayhaps. Uh But how did you two meet? And how long ago was that? I'll let Picky out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I don't remember what year it was. It was a few years ago. (laughs) Um, I was with my friends one time getting ready to go to a Halloween party at Club 200. And uh, I needed to get milk at the corner store (laughs) and uh, I had a friend coming out of there and Bob was tagging along with that friend and I thought it was odd that I didn't get introduced (laughs) (laughs) but that was my first glimpse of glory Uh, I went back uh, got ready for the party went to Club 200 and there he was and he was not quite decked out in his costume yet So I had a chance to talk to him, and then he said, well, I'm getting into my costume. I'll be right back. Well, while he was gone, all my friends said, oh, my God, do you like him? Do you like him? I said, yes, yes, of course I like him. (laughs) So they reshuffled in their seats (laughs) so that he had to sit next to me. (laughs) And at the time, I was fairly shy. So he comes back, and he's wearing 
full on leathers. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of stops, looks, and sees the seating arrangements has been moved, and he sits next to me. And uh, my friends were poking me. Go on, talk to him. Talk to him. Okay, yes. <laughs> so I, I was trying to make small talk, and I wasn't very good at it then. And uh, so, anyways, one thing led to another, and I think we started playing footsie under the table. <laughs> and he came home with me, and then he followed me. He came back, <laughs> which I thought was very strange. It's like I'd never had an experience like that before where the guy actually remembered where I lived. <laughs> And that was it. He kept coming back. And the rest is history. The rest is history. Wow. So then when did you two decide uh, that you wanted to try drag out together? That was that, your fault. That was... <laughs> I work for Adonis Men's Spa mm-hmm. here in Winnipeg. And we do floats at the beginning when the f- new owners had first bought. And all our staff would be on the float. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it was the second year it was building the community was a theme Mm -hmm. or something like that. And we actually came up with doing the big pride triangle on the float, but we were actually nailing the colored boards as the float went down the street. So we were building it as it went. And I decided I was going to wear black high heels uh, Daisy Duke shorts with the tool belt, woolen socks, and a wife beater's white tank top with our logo on it, and a hard hat that I had glued a bunch of rhinestones to. And it was well taken. Everybody laughed and loved it. And then I think it was the following year we did the Dink Bridge. Sorry, my about the Provence Bridge. Ah, <laughs> it, it had a nickname of the Dink Bridge at the time. <laughs> yeah. So we had guide ropes from the poles coming down, and we all the staff dressed up is in the pride colors in little boats, and some of them got dressed in drag, and I did of course push it again. So that was when we went to Toronto. And I said, I'm going to take that outfit minus the boat. I want you, Picky, to come and take pictures of me doing crazy things. So we did that. And I would walk up to these men that I would never even go near before. But I'm in drag. They don't know me. I can possibly get away with things. (laughs) So I did. I'd go up. I would rub their chest. I would ask if I could get a photo with them. I never got turned down at all. Picky seeing all that going oh on, getting gosh. all these pictures. So and he much said, fun. Next year, I'm doing it too. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's... And the next year... We were born. Picky and Glory came out. <laughs> Picky and Glory. And yes. how did you choose those names? They were given to us. Oh. Glory already had her name yeah. from the bathhouse because yeah. uh, she was on the floats and they did Halloween plo- events and they had a little group of names that they gave each other and uh, Gloria Booths uh, was one of them. I think there was a Panin Cruise yeah. and a Taylor Trash <laughs> and uh, so when it was time to give me a name, 
some friends and I were at uh, the bar and they're saying, well, you need a name. We've got to brainstorm here and come up with something. Well, I was known for taking a lot of pictures back then and still am. And uh, they said, well, Pictoria. That comes first. That's it. And I said, well, it can't be just Pictoria. That just doesn't make any sense. And so they were saying, oh, okay, well, we've got to come up with a last name. And they went, hum, 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 hum. Somebody said, well, it sounds like Victoria's Secret. So could it be Pictoria's Secret? And they all went, oh, no, that's boring. <laughs> and then somebody shouted out, secrete. <laughs> and then they went, ew. And it stuck. <laughs> so it was secrete. And I actually had gone to uh, Home Depot and gotten a tube of silicone. And it made this drippy, long thing with a clip on it that I would wear under the dress and it looked like it was all secreting. <laughs> and people were so grossed out by it, though. <laughs> and one day I forgot to wear it and they said, thank you. <laughs> so I don't wear it anymore. I still have it. <laughs> but I don't wear it anymore because it is pretty gross. <laughs> so you're also known for taking photos at drag events, hence Pictoria. Yes. Yes. Um, I started that. Well, I caught the digital camera bug. Mm. Um, I wasn't so much uh, taking pictures before that with film because it was expensive and it was very time consuming. You had to wait for processing, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the digital craze came, and it's like, oh, my God, I can take as many photos as I want. <laughs> uh, so that was great. It was very liberating. But what really got me out of my shell, like I was still very shy back then, was somebody somebody said, well, you're at these shows, and you're taking pictures. What do you do with them? I said, well, they're just for me. <laughs> so they said, well, we've got this opportunity Outlooks magazine based in Calgary is looking for someone to take photos for the magazine about out and about in Winnipeg. There's nobody doing it for Winnipeg. There are for other cities. Well, why don't you submit some photos? So I did, and they liked them, and they said, okay, you get to pick the events every month, submit some photos, write some captions, and we'll put them in the paper. So that was very exciting, but it also forced me to interact with people on a different level because I had to get them to sign permission slips or at least get a verbal permission to use their photo in the, the paper. It got me out of a shell a lot, and I got to go to the events. I got to get in for free, so I had to talk to the promoters or the organizers to say, hey, I'm with Outlooks Magazine. I'm come here to take some photos. So, yeah, it really, really got me out of my shell and talking to people more, out of my comfort level, and now you can barely keep me quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I also did a lot of photos for Swerve magazine. It was called Swerve before, and it changed to something else. I can't remember. Yeah. It changed names. I started off when it was Swerve magazine. Oh. And so I would do two of these magazines every month, and it was great fun. And then I started doing more and more shows. 
And then all the performers were saying, oh, my God, can you send me photos? Can you send me photos? Can you send me photos? <laughs> it's like, sure, have some photos. And I was flinging them all around. But it was also time consuming, too, because a lot of people just think, oh, well, I'll just pick a photo and I'll give it to them. It's like, well, no, it's a little bit more of a process than that. Yeah. I, I like quality. I don't like releasing blurry photos. Mm-hmm. I like to retouch my photos. I like to enhance photos, like bump up colors, sharpen things a little better, get rid of people in the background that don't need to be there or are distracting to the photo. So it's quite a process to do all these things. And a lot of people, I don't think, really understood that. It's like, well, it's been a week. Why can't you send me that photo? It's like, (laughs) I'm trying. (laughs) Yeah, I found um, taking photos at drag events has been a blast. And so it's a really great way to meet to meet the queens. Um, yes. I'm curious, what's the what's the hardest part in your perspective of photographing drag queens? <laughs> because I've been doing this and I feel like I'm like, I don't have many people to talk to about these issues. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, I love a drag performance that has a lot of movement in it. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love capturing the movement in a photo. But a lot of times, because they're moving, it's hard to get a focus on them. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I would just tend to take as many photos as I could. And then I could decide which one was going to be the best. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're almost always guaranteed to get at least that one really good shot that you're really proud to share. So it's just, it's just uh, timing, uh, being in the right spot. And just keep clicking. Mm-hmm. But uh, drag queens do love to have their picture taken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I call that technique spray and pray. <laughs> Taking as many photos as you can and hoping one turns out. People yeah. always say that dogs and children are the hardest to photograph, but I find it's drag queens. Because <laughs> they move just as fast and they're always in low lighting. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I've had some drag queens saying, oh, be careful of uh, how you make me look. <laughs> Because, you know, if you if you get an unflattering photo of a drag queen, they don't want that shared. <laughs> and I don't like to uh, release a photo where it's unflattering to them, too. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you don't want anyone to look bad. Photographing drag queens is uh, harder mm-hmm. than it looks. It, it certainly <laughs> is. I mean, you can always get the, the posed ones after or before the performance. But I find that they're a little too stiff and rigid for me. Mm-hmm. I really like taking the performance ones. But I, I haven't done it so much anymore. This past year, we've been very low-key. Because I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> so you two don't really seem so concerned with, correct me if I'm wrong, things like titles like uh, Miss Club 200 or like Empress or Snowy Owl Monarchist Society, like some other girls in the city are. So why is that? Do you want to feel that one a little bit, Glory? (laughs) I've never aspired to get a crown. I'm not that type. Neither am I. Like when we've been at events here and that for coronation, I have no problem. I grab empty glasses up off the tables to carry them to the bar for cleaning as when people leave. I enjoy that. I I will be there to help clean up after, uh, even when I go out of town. And I've been given hell for doing that <laughs> by them saying, you're our guest. 
this is our job. And I go, go away. Leave me, <laughs> let me sweep my floor. <laughs> so I just, I'd rather be in the back mm-hmm. ground. Yeah. I don't like being like on a stage. I get stage fright. So the best thing if I'm up there is I try to look at a light so that I can't see anything. <laughs> Glory gets fierce stage fright. Yeah. It's true. Uh, so we don't really perform very often. Mm-hmm. To a certain extent, I'm not comfortable in the spotlight either. It's a whole different thing when you're just part of the crowd and you can be your goofy self. But when you're on stage performing, well, you're in the spotlight. Everyone's looking at you all at the same time. You have to know your words. You have to know your cues. You've got so many things going on around you at that moment. And it's very nerve-wracking to me. So... We have performed uh, maybe a, f- a handful of times, and uh, people like it, but I'm relieved when it's over with. <laughs> Absolutely and, relieved. And it's usually for somebody that we really like. It's not just somebody asking us, oh, we're doing a show, can you come and perform? Mm-hmm. We have to really like that person. Like, we've traveled out to Edmonton because the fellow there we really like him, and he. It was worth the trip to go out and do it for him. Back to the uh, the titles, though. Like Glory says, we don't aspire for titles. It's not one of our objectives, so we're not driven for that. But we did go to a coronation one time. It was one of our first out of town coronations, and um, we were met with a lot of resistance then. People wouldn't even talk to us because we didn't have a crown or a title. So it's like we were beneath them and we felt the sting of that. Mm. <laughs> so that, wow, that was an eye-opener for us, really. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but, but after a while... After they... a while, once they got to know us, then things changed because I mean certainly we've built up a reputation of being open and friendly open and friendly approachable so it has changed a lot since then I mean uh, we did go back to that city for another coronation and it was completely a 360 turnaround it mm-hmm. was so warm and welcoming and inviting yeah. and they embraced us and it was really really nice do you have a message for Winnipeg? Happy Pride, you Winnipeg! A... It's Happy Pride, Toronto! We're the media whores! <laughs> Say that again! We're the media whores! Hello, Winnipeg! Hello, and what's Toronto. your name? Gloria Booth. Gloria Booth? Can you spell it? No, it's okay. And, and who are you? Gloria Secrete, as in oozing with love. And do you think you're going to make the front page smoke? A what? No. I don't think we'll do it this year. If you Google Victoria Secret and Gloria Booths, um, actually, listeners, I would recommend that you do this as well, just because there's so many incredible, incredible photos. But a lot of the, I'm, I'm looking at one specifically. I don't know if you've seen it. You're both wearing kind of these like glittery, almost like Princess Leia-esque costumes. Here, I'll turn it around for you. <laughs> 
Oh. <laughs> it's a great one. It's a fantastic one. Uh, okay. Victoria, I think you're wearing like a like a blue wig. Yes, it's it's a blue curly wig. It's uh-huh. just a, a shake and go wig. <laughs> That's quite early on in our career yeah. when we oh. didn't know anything about makeup either. <laughs> so it's quite hideous. Um, <laughs> that was in Toronto Pride. Mm-hmm. And uh, typically, when we went to Toronto Pride, we would dress up the day before the parade and walk down Church Street. And um, we would have so many people taking photos of us, and it was mm-hmm. so much fun. That particular outfit, um, <laughs> it's frightening to see. <laughs> uh, I'm basically wearing only a rhinestoned bra and G-string. And really nice, fierce boots, though. Yeah, boots are incredible. <laughs> and, a, and a blue shake and go wig. And uh, Glory is wearing pretty much the same thing. It's not a pretty sight. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the reason why I bring it up is because, not because it's, even though it is, a very legendary outfit. <laughs> but what really interests me is the people around you. So. There's like some people that look like really excited to see you. There's some who look like a little bit like shocked. (laughs) And there's one person who looks like a little bit disdainful. Mm -hmm. So what I'm wondering is when you go out dressed as Glory and Picky, Uh what's the kind of reactions that you get? We always get positive reactions. We even take the bus like from our house if the events downtown, we take Winnipeg yeah. Transit down, we get on the bus dressed up. People will say, hey, can I get a picture of you? Can I get a picture of you? Mm-hmm. And we have no problem. And even one of the drivers said they have a little group, and whenever we're spotted on a bus, they post, hey, those guys were on my bus today. <laughs> <laughs> I have a really funny yeah. bus story. Ooh, I want to hear it. Oh, okay, I'm going <laughs> to tell it. it. It actually is very heartwarming. At the end, there was one time, like Glory said, we were taking the bus in full costume and uh, there was no place to sit. So we were standing and uh, somebody had taken a sniper shot of me with their cell phone. (laughs) And at the time, there was a notoriously bad Facebook, what was it, Group. group page. And it was, it was horrible. Um, people would post pictures of all sorts of nasty things on there, and the people would just rip you to pieces on this site. And it was, uh, it had even uh, made the news about how notorious and hateful it was. And uh, it eventually got pulled down off of Facebook because of its reputation. But this sniper shot ended up on this site. And somebody alerted me to it that it was there, so I went to go check it out. And it wasn't a great photo, (laughs) (laughs) but it it wasn't the worst thing. But I had noticed that there was 82 comments at the time. And I remember my brain saying to me, don't read the comments. Yeah. I was like, oh, God. No, I'm reading the comments. (laughs) So... This is the heartwarming part. I started reading these comments, and they were saying things like, Oh, I know him. He goes to Pride. He's fabulous. Or, um, he doesn't care. 
He doesn't care. He's taking the bus. Good for him. They are the nicest people ever. And there was all these good comments. I don't think there was a negative comment other than I think I think one person said, oh, what a couple of freaks. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I can deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> but I was shocked. Faceless people, I don't know, saying all these nice things about Picky and Glory. It's like, yeah. wow. On this notorious, hateful site, there was a positive light. Unbelievable. That's really amazing. Yeah. And very interesting because I I hear from a lot of queens that like some of them at least tend to get a little bit of flack sometimes when they go out. Yeah. It's really incredible. Yeah. I've heard of some that that get beaten, uh, yelled at, um, they can't get a cab or they're harassed by the cab driver. I've heard many horror stories, but we've had none of that. None of it. So we're very, very lucky. Well, didn't somebody write on that site that to whoever started this, did this photo thing, I think your shaming backfired. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and when we walked down the street from our house to Portage to catch the bus, of course, you run into kids and stuff. <laughs> well, sometimes they're very quizzical about what are where are you going why are you dressed like that so i've always just said oh we're off to a dress-up party just like you probably go to your friends and have a dress-up party that oh okay yeah yeah (laughs) we're very lucky that we got to be able to read to kids in the Ah, libraries yeah yeah read by queens read by queens yeah that's that's been one of the most fulfilling things i think i've ever done as picky tell me a little bit more about that kind of in the group on the sidelines with um, uh, Sunshine House, like that group. And they've made arrangements there, I guess, with the libraries and that in Winnipeg about doing readings to the kids. And we were lucky enough, they asked us to join them, which is fun. Oh, so much. You read the book, you show the pictures to the kids and that. But of course, picking glory, we kind of do our own thing of making faces, noises, and everything else along with it. Well, I'm basically a walking cartoon to begin with. (laughs) So it's just a natural progression. So we've done a couple at the Millennium Library. I think one at the Cindy Clausen. No, we've done two at the Cindy Clausen. Two at the Cindy Clausen. One at the. University of Winnipeg, Mm -hmm. I guess it's the daycare center that they have there. I think that that's it. So far. So far. So far. I mean, I look forward to any time that they call us with uh, a reading because I just enjoy it so much. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's so much fun to be able to really project and put out the picky mode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I can imagine kids respond really positively to that because you're both very, like, kind of larger than life. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) certainly the others that do this, I mean, oh, my goodness, they're so good. They're so wonderful. Um, The the kids love them as well. But we're wearing some of the brightest colors. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So they react very, very positively to that. And uh, 
But there was a couple times after the reading, a parent would come up with their child saying, oh, we'd like a picture with you. And the kid would just look at us and go, no, <laughs> start crying. It's like, oh, okay, well, I scared children and small animals. <laughs> Talking about kind of your over-the-top looks Mm -hmm. how what's the process when you're getting when you're getting an outfit or a look together okay uh typically if it's a pride costume i've made it Mm. Uh, with the exception of the very first one because we didn't know anything we were doing we were just doing it for fun back then well it's still fun but (laughs) (laughs) we didn't know what we were doing back then so we just we grabbed these 80s prom dresses and put them on and uh it was uh, all about marriage equality at the time. So we were the ugly pridesmaids. But certainly any of the costumes after that, I have had a hand in making them. And I've only done that out of necessity. Everybody on my face pa- Facebook page knows I hate sewing. <laughs> I hate it with passion because I actually do not know how to sew. It's true. <laughs> I just wing it. I eyeball it. I don't have a clue to, to read a pattern. I cannot follow a pattern to save my soul. But uh, I muddle through. There's sewing nightmare stories that I have. <laughs> it's ferocious. But I do it because I had to do it. Because the stuff that we wear we can't afford to pay somebody to make it for us. We simply are not. So we're kind of budget queens. <laughs> uh, we don't have a lot of money. I don't think we ever will. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all about doing these costumes on a very, very low budget. And we muddle through the best way that we can. Like some of these costumes are, are held together with safety pins and a prayer and some hot glue. I mean, I've gotten probably a little better over the years, but I still hate sewing. I hate sewing. And Glory doesn't sew. I get to make them all by myself. Thanks, Glory. (laughs) But I get to live with him while he's doing it. Yeah, that's when Glory leaves the house. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about the T-shirts that you're both wearing right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're both glory and picky themed tees. <laughs> okay, I haven't made a Facebook announcement just yet. I was saving it for when we bring out our calendars this year, our eighth calendar. But we have seven different designs of t-shirts that we're going to be peddling to the people. <laughs> wow. There's not that many of each, though. Mm-hmm. We're, this was just kind of a... It's a pilot project. Pilot project, see what happens. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we can order them at any time. Yeah. We've got a couple of designs. Uh, Glory is wearing right now our swimming pool looks that we wore (laughs) at Pride one time. I am wearing our polka dot looks that we wore this past summer. And we have a spacesuit look that we made for the booby ball. (laughs) And we have our Priscilla Queen of the Desert outfits with the big feet and the the flower uh, headdresses. We have that as a design. We'll be posting (laughs) them on Facebook. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the calendar. So that's been going on for a few years now. Eight years. Eight uh, years. This will be our eighth calendar that I'm working on currently. So how did, the, how did the calendars start? How'd okay, you make I'll that tell decision? you the, the origins of the calendar. <laughs> okay, other drag queens who perform, they either get paid or they get tips. Mm-hmm. Maybe both. We don't perform. So we don't get paid or get tips. <laughs> so we came up with the idea to start this calendar in an effort to get some more costumes because um, it goes back into our new costumes. It was talked about at one point about doing it for charity, for mm-hmm. raising money for charity. But let's face it, we're the charity. <laughs> <laughs> We don't make a lot of money. We're po. So it's a, an effort to have monies go back into new costumes. The calendar itself since has gone international. It goes coast to coast Canada. It goes to select cities in the excited states. <laughs> um, our calendar has even gone to Mexico, Ireland, Belgium, and every year it's been going to Australia as well. I would love to get somebody in the Japan, <laughs> get in that market, but uh, that has not happened yet. But it, it certainly has gone international in the last maybe three, four years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right, is there anything else that you'd like to share about yourselves, each other? Winnipeg drag, your own drag? Okay, well, there is something about Winnipeg drag now that I have noticed. Mm -hmm. I haven't actually gone to any of the shows yet, but there has been a big resurgence in drag itself in Winnipeg by younger people. And I am excited and love this idea because um, a lot of them are very non-binary or they're trans now. And they're bringing a whole new level of drag to Winnipeg. And I think it's incredible. It's wonderful. It's exciting. And I haven't gotten out to a show yet, but I'm looking forward to when I do. Because I've heard so many things about it. I've seen the pictures. Mm -hmm. And it's so good. And it brings me good hope uh, about drag in the future for Winnipeg. People, please encourage it. Encourage it. Let it nurture and grow. I'm, I'm all for it. Well, thank you, Picky and Glory, so much for coming and sitting down with me today. Yay! Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> it's been such a pleasure <laughs> chatting with you. Thank you so much to Picky and Glory for sitting down with me. Next up on Dragging the Peg, it's the penultimate episode of Season 1, and we're joined by the life of every party in Winnipeg. She merges classic and new drag with a level of sophistication, polish, and mystique. And if you've ever been to Club 200 on a night she's hosting, it's likely she's taken a seat at your table and made you feel welcome in our homely little meeting place. Now it's her turn to drop the veil and give you a glimpse behind the mystery of one of Winnipeg's most illusory performers. Here's a clip from her interview. Honestly, I love what I do. What did I do? I did five shows, what, last week, the week before, and... For a second, I'm like, oh my goodness, I just need like a week off. But then my mind is always like, I hear the next song and I'm instantly like putting it to a number or like I see a look that somebody else is doing and I just want to transform it into my own or 
some kind of way the drag is always affecting me. So no, I'm never really tired of it and I don't think I will be anytime soon. Don't forget to follow Dragon the Peg on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for photos, extra content, and news on upcoming drag shows in our city. And of course, a huge thank you to Claire Boning of Veneer for the wonderful intro and outro music, and to Red River College for letting me use your audio equipment. And a big thank you to Andre Tarda for letting me use audio from his video of Picky and Glory at the 2014 Toronto Pride Parade. Until next episode, remember to always tip your local drag queens. <laughs>